Ladies and gents, this is the moment you've been waiting for, a podcast for podcasters. This is Creating the Greatest Show, and I'm your host, Casey Cheshire. Join me as we interview podcast hosts and investigate the ingredients of a successful interview podcast. We'll talk mistakes, earned skills, powerful questions, and more. This show is sponsored by Ringmaster, completely done for you, B2B podcast production. My guest today, she is an absolutely amazing person. She's a badass, and she's also literally in Alaska right now. Uh, and the power of the interwebs, we are just going to have a just amazing conversation. I can't believe it. Technology at its finest. And I want to introduce you to her. Like, who is she, Casey? Stop, stop rambling. Tell us who she is. Well, she's an entrepreneur, a serial entrepreneur, a marketing leader and thought leader, a speaker, a mentor, a coach, the host of Finding Focus really cool podcast, and also the host of the Two Pizza Marketing Podcast, co-founder and CMO at Gated, Melissa Moody. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much. It sounds like I do a lot of things, which actually I do, but um, having you list them all out like that is is uh, humbling and uh, exciting. So thanks for having me, Casey. I'm glad to be here. Yeah, I'm glad you're here too. I, I mean, and you have two podcasts and you have that thing that I've fallen into as well, which is when you realize you can do one you realize you can do more and then it's hard not to. Uh, it's like buying favorite items, right? It just, it's hard not to have more podcasts. So I want to just go ahead and pass you the baton here. Melissa, pull back the curtain for us on your shows, plural, and share your most important strategy for a great interview podcast. Ugh, I love it. I, yeah, first I got a comment on your thought there. It reminds me of, um, I was chatting with someone the other day. You have one, you want more. It reminds me of tattoos. Somebody <laughs> told me you get one and then you're like, I could get another. It's not a problem. Podcasts are like tattoos. Podcasts are like tattoos. There's the one liner. Well, you know, I'm excited to pull the curtain back because I came into podcasting probably in a very different way than a lot of people. I would say it was not originally intentional. It was accidental. Um, one of the podcasts that I wrote that I host and, and run is completely accidental, which I'll get to in a second. But okay. the first one, I'm um, finding focus is um, built for our brand, for the company I work with, the company I'm a co-founder of, Gated. Uh, we wanted to create a show that was really providing not just you know valuable content that people think they need, but topics that they wouldn't otherwise discuss. So there are a lot of, you know, our target audience for Gated is the B2B marketer. It's someone who's got a lot on their plate and they're trying to get things done without all the crap in their life, right? All that noise that we deal with. Now I could do a podcast for B2B marketers, but let's all count how many of those there are online these days. There's plenty. Yeah. Um, and so what we did was we said, you know, what we really want to do with that one is talk about something that isn't always peeled back, isn't always examined, which is how the heck we actually get these things done? How do we get things done in a noisy world? That's the whole point of finding focus. So we it was intentional in the sense we knew we wanted to create good content, and that's really why we created it, not for regular listeners per se, but to have good meaty content that we could use as a company. Um, but it was a little bit accidental because I, right now, am owning all of the marketing. So we are a small company. We do not have these resources where we're already established all of our go-to-market and demand gen processes. And then we say, oh, let's do a podcast. No, it was kind of like, whoops, now we're doing a podcast. Uh, and then we figured out how valuable it was. 
The other accidental um, podcast that I created, as you mentioned, is the Two Pizza Marketing. And what that started as is as a small marketing team leader, as someone who's really loves working on small marketing teams throughout my history, I realized that there's not a lot of opportunity because you don't have a team around you to riff and talk and vent and rant, right? And so what happened was we kind of accidentally created a Slack community of small team marketers. And then we were having all these great conversations. Uh, One of my kind of team members in that small team marketing Slack group said, hey, why don't we just start hitting record on these things? Let's capture the conversations we're having and share them with others. Because frankly, that's the big challenge for anyone on a small team is you feel siloed. You feel like, I don't have anyone to talk to. No one else is out there to listen. No one else is going through what I'm going through. Yeah. So we kind of fell into podcasting. And you and I can talk about how I retained that accidental approach and made it very, um, you know, easy because really both of the efforts that I'm now hosting are to a certain extent side hustles, right? Like they are outside of my day-to-day job, which is grow the users for gated. That's, I mean, that's really a core job. However, both of them provide huge amounts of value. So how do you balance the need to create these podcasts, which have so much value, but also with the fact that it can be a lot of work? That's, I think, where my secret sauce lies um, when it comes to podcasting. All right. Well, let's let's get that sauce going. Like, stir the pot. I, we can't not talk about that. So you, you have brought up this sauce. Yeah. So many times the podcast is all these immeasurable, amazing, and sometimes measurable, amazing things. But yet the core job is like drive that funnel or, or the conversion, drive that acquisition side. So how do you balance the two? You know, the first thing I think is always to start with the why. Like, why are we doing something? And when you're clear with that why, it becomes very easy to see the things that you don't need to do. I mean, that's it's kind of the theme of finding focus as a podcast in itself. But if you know the why, so the why for, let's focus on two beats of marketing for now. The why for two beats of marketing is we want to expose other op- other small team marketers who feel siloed and feel alone to the fact that there are others of us going through the exact same things and it's not pretty and it's crazy and sometimes it's funny. Um, but we wanted to expose each other to more and more and more of those stories. So it didn't become as isolating and strange. Now, what that allowed us to do was to say, you know, are we, do we have to roll things out every week in order to keep up a pipeline of revenue? No, we don't. So our pacing is, you know, once a week, we only do kind of follow-up clips twice a week, basically. It's very, very low pacing. The other thing, and this is a great story, my co-host on that, Ashley McGovern, um, she is leading marketing over at Sinastra right now. Shout out. What's up? Shout out to Ashley. <laughs> she brings so much energy, awesome energy. And I love this comment she had when we were starting. She said, I am a content marketer at heart. So if we capture video, I'm going to spend hours clipping the video and editing the video and making it into social templates. She looked at me and said, we don't have time for that. Our mission is not to have the most robust set of social media clips for Two Beats of Marketing. It's just to share those conversations. So we specifically decided we are only doing audio. There will only be audio for this. And there's also, if you listen to it, a very low level of editing. We don't you know, do super high editing. We start the conversation. If we've got to grab something out of the middle because it was 
awkward or weird, fine. But it's very honest and candid and not over manufactured. Um, I personally tend to prefer podcasts that are on the low end of over produced, I guess you might say. I think you can really tell even from the first, you know, notes of a music that starts playing when you're on a podcast. I think you can tell the level of production. Now, depending on what someone's trying to achieve, they may really want high production quality. Um, For us with that one, we we specifically said, we're going to go lower production quality and we're going to use for right now, we use entirely free tools because it is just a side gig for us. Um, You mentioned the why was to expose marketers for to these stories and experiences and each other. And, and I, I definitely have, you know, have an affinity to that small marketing group and you're right. I mean, you may be the only marketer there too. And so no one speaks your language. So you'd love to hear someone else have the same challenge you do. But I would say uh, one question, why, why do that? Like, why do this nice gift, this side hustle? What do you get out of it? What's your why for that pizza pod? Great question. Well, the the why for me is the reason why it started in the first place. I love having those conversations with other marketers and I was doing them anyway. I I probably meet three to five times a week with other small team marketers. You know, either I'm giving them help or they're giving me help, or sometimes it goes both way. One of um one of my favorite people, Zoe Hartsfield, she is an incredible community marketer. And I have turned to her for community building advice and growth for a long time. Well, now she's heading up marketing at Swantide and she and she's like, hey, can I get some of your time back around all the kind of the leadership components that she's working on and, and putting into place there? Yeah. So there's such a give and take between small marketers. For me, I was having those conversations anyway, and they were a value to me doing my job better. The podcast, all I had to do was hit record. Yeah. <laughs> So the value was already there for me. I figured why not hit record and get the value to more people? Why not share that? I Like if you and I were just having a Zoom meeting right now, we'd be kicking ourselves saying like, oh my gosh, don't I wish somebody else had heard that? Or and it's like, I'm never going to explain it as well as you just did. And, and it's like, oh, I wish I wish we had hit record. So yeah. it, was, it makes sense. You, you were doing these things anyways. You love that, the conversations, the connections. So why not share that with other people? And it's been worth that side hustle extra work on your part to make that make that happen. That's really giving, actually. It's very caring. Yeah. And I mean, the other value for me, besides just the conversations themselves, is obviously the networking. I think any podcast podcast host, the ones listening to the show, one of the huge benefits for the host is you build this absolutely incredible network, uh, not only with people that you may already know and want to connect deeper with, but it gives you a reason to reach out to people to say, wow, I've always seen what you do. Would you mind sharing? So it's it's an amazing mechanism for personal network growth, for sure. Got it. So th- there are those intangibles that also reward you for that you know, somewhat selfless act of just getting those great content pieces out to other people. What's the why for the Finding Focus pod? Ooh, great question. So the why for Finding Focus is really content. I wanted, um, we did a lot with Gated around, a lot of our external marketing is around showing people who use Gated and how awesome they are. So our brand is built around up-leveling other people, giving them the tools to succeed better in this noisy world. So a lot of our marketing was very testimonial driven. And I was looking for what is something that we could 
create that is very value driven that gives our target audience something that they that would actually go back into helping them up level right we're saying oh look at these people they're so great let's also give those people more inspiration more ideas for how to continue to up level themselves so for us the why was content which means do i care how many followers i have or how many like listeners i have of the show or like weekly returning listeners no i don't do I care that we're getting really cool snackable nuggets and ideas that I can write about or do little videos about or share on social? Yes. So by having a clear why, it's it changes what I do with the podcast and how I use the podcast and frankly how I sell the podcast into, you know, leadership right now. It's just my co-founder, but like how I tell him this is why we're doing this. This is the value behind it. It's not, it's not, oh, we're driving more users necessarily, right? It's, we are providing value to the people that follow us and therefore building this relationship base. That makes sense. And especially mentioning content being the play, it sounds like it's that standard content ROI, which is, it's not a dirty, yeah. you know, we're investing in good content. If the content's good, we'll bring people in, we'll create engagement. Um, content doesn't necessarily have a, uh, an initial direct ROI, like click, click, pay-per-click type of thing. So by tying the podcast to content, you're able to do all your content efforts can then be justified uh, by your, by the yeah. work. Makes sense. That's really, that's really cool. So, you know, this all came out for me asking the secret sauce about balancing value versus getting what you want. And I love that the very first thing you did was ask, what is the purpose? Why are we doing this? First of all, that's, in my opinion, the most badass answer because that is the right thing. Like anyone really super savvy and smart is strategic. When asked like, what do I do here? They go, well, why are we doing this? Right. And then that helps shape, shape everything. I wonder if that was something that you've just, you do or experience, or if maybe that was habits or strategy you picked up on the finding focus pod. Well, we definitely talk about it a lot on the finding focus pod. Um, I'd like to think it's also a little bit of the reason why I am able to function and succeed on a small team because anybody who's on a small team knows there is always more to do than you could ever possibly do, right? My list, if you gave me a to-do list, it would stretch from here to Timbuktu. Um, so my daily challenge is what am I not doing? I mean, that is really the daily challenge that I face. And so I think the only way to do that and keep your sanity is to have uh, your purpose, your focus, right? To say, this is the why. So therefore, if that's the why, it's much easier to say, I should do this or I should not do this. I think without the why, you know, what are you deciding on, right? Like, are you deciding on the last thing that fell into your lap or the last idea you had? Because, you know, that may not be the best idea or the most uh, currently valuable idea. Um, it may just be the freshest thing. And that's a challenge that we all have. I mean, that's just like a human challenge, right? How do I focus on not the pretty shiny thing, but the thing that really matters? It's definitely something I've always strived for. I've learned a lot more from my own podcast guests, as you said, but I think it's also just a mechanism of survival on a small team. Like if you don't know your why, you're going to do all of the things and you are going to sink because it is, it's too much. It's too much. So talk to me about how you then balance that side hustle and don't jump in too quickly. And 
you know, you mentioned the idea of you can, you accidentally got into this, but you also were smart in a way to not accidentally get into too much. Like you recognized there was, there was a cost associated with these things. Can you talk to me about the progression of how you figure out how not to go too, too fast, too soon? Totally. And I'm probably going to focus more on two pizza marketing because yeah. finding focus is fundamentally for my job. So this, the real side hustle is two pizza marketing. And uh, and by side hustle, just for the record, no one's getting paid anything here. I mean, side hustle in the time spent, not in the money coming in. There is none. Um, so I will say first is pace for me. Are we going to go out like chasing out of the gates um, and then fall flat, like you said. I mean, what? I don't even know the stats. You probably do on how many people don't even get to 20 episodes, right? Like there's, it's something like only 2% of podcasts that are started ever even make 20 episodes, which is crazy. Like 20, that's not that much. But if you go out and you say, every episode, I am going to do a full episode and I'm going to publish it on YouTube and I'm going to cut clips of it for social. I'm going to put it on four different social platforms. And then I'm going to do three posts a week about it. And I'm going to get my users to listen. And if you're, and I'm going to get advertisers. If you do all of that, good God, I can see why nobody would make it to 20 episodes. That's so much work. It's so much work. So pace is a big one for me. We went out of the gate and we said, I'm going to press record. I'm not going to even find a fancy platform. We're using Zoom and we still are. Not that I don't know the other ones work great, but like I just push record on a Zoom call. That's it. Um, You're probably you know, already paying have, for it, right? Yep. Already paying for it. We have a couple of tools that are like dumb, easy to use. Um, we say we're going to publish one a week so that nobody's overdone. And oh, here's a big one for, I guess it's not really pacing. This is my second trick. Get yourself a co-host, folks. <laughs> because it's immediately dividing the work into two. If I had to record a session every single week and produce a session and deliver it, huge amounts of work. But even the fact that, so I do most of the production right now, but even the fact that Ashley will just deliver me her episodes whenever she records them and it's easy peasy, boom, immediately less work. Um, so the pacing piece, like I, I think I mentioned this already, we, we don't record video, we just record audio. So immediately I'm saying, okay, let's not go crazy out of the gate with these long videos to edit and put in fancy platforms. Nope. A lot easier because it's only audio. Um, you know, for me right now, we have so many great guests that we're not, that are already in our network. I'm also not spending a lot of time chasing other guests. I'm just meeting with people that are ones that are easy to secure. So there's like, I'm saving a lot of effort in the idea that if we pace ourselves, it will be great. I also recognize that at some point I'll probably have more time for it. You know, if one role, if I'm in transition between roles or if um, some space in my life opens up, I could add video or we could record two a week or we, you know, there's all sorts of ways to go up later. But if you start too fast, you're going to burn out. You know, I, I've been an athlete in different ways over the course of my life. I remember my coach always used to say, hit a pace that you can hold all day. And then once you start seeing the finish line, you bring it up and you bring it up. And so it is a you know marathon, not a sprint, I guess, is the opposite. Um, and if you see it as a sprint, I mean, podcasting can eat you alive. So Totally. Have you ever done any triathlons? Only for fun. Only for Same. Uh, but I definitely recall 
being in this boat, but also watching other people just completely burn all their energy on the swim at the very beginning. And then they are just like, yeah, I got to go bike. Like they just used it all. That's a perfect initiative. When I, I took a, it was just a for fun, like training course. And we were learning how like swim technique for triathlons. And he literally is like, do not use your legs. I don't want to see you use your legs while you swim. Like you should not be using your legs while you swim. And I was like, that's crazy talk. Absolutely not. Because you, your swim is all the upper body. So when you get out, you have got fresh legs. Yeah. Um, and it was, you know, if you're just a quote unquote swimmer, it doesn't make sense. But if you're a triathlete and you're building for the whole race, yeah, totally. I'm with you. Yes. I was watching, I, I joined a, this group just to hang out with them and they were like practicing for Ironman. They're all in the pool and, and they had a coach with them. And, you know, I hopped in, did some laps. The guy gave me some pointers and, and I, I remember telling him, you know, man, I, w- I can't wait till I'm in better shape so I can just do more swimming and do, do a better job of it. And he was like, you know what? Swimming is like 80% technique and then mm-hmm. like 20% fitness. Like you just need to do it the right way. And at the time I thought it was kind of BS, but as I learned, you know, to be in the right position so I wasn't fighting against myself, I really, it was really true, you know? And so in these, all, all these things can really apply to the yeah. podcast and they can apply to all these you, you could be, you know, recording all the audio, uh, you could be recording 4K video, but guess what? Now yeah. your file sizes are like gigantic and your whole work effort just doubled and tripled, quadrupled. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, so, we could do a triathlon podcast metaphors all day, I think. Yeah, just so many, right? We don't need to try. So tell me about the co-host. I've never done the co-host thing. And what's interesting is I heard you talk about um, dividing and conquering the work. So mm. have you ever been on together? So we added something in. I'll tell you a little bit about that. I mean, I just have to go back to the fact that with two pizza marketing in particular, half of these learnings were accidental, not incidental. So the accidental <laughs> part came out with um, one of the members in our two pizza marketing Slack community. Somebody said, well, we should, you should record these and turn them into a podcast. And I said, ha ha ha. Yeah, no, don't have the time. And another woman in there, Ashley said, you know, I would love to do that too, but I also don't have the time. And I looked at her and I said, well, if neither of us really has the time, we could just sort of try it. Like we could kind of just be like, no. So it was this accidental, like, well, if, if, if you want to do it, oh, well, if you want to do, you know, it was like, we kind of accidentally talked each other into it. Um, now I have to say fascinating story. She and I barely knew each other at all when we decided to do it. It was a shared excitement around the idea. It was a general knowledge of the other person's skill set. So knowing that she has this content marketing background. I've talked with her. I know she's well-spoken. It was a bit of a leap to jump into it. Um, I, I think if, if you have a confidence in it, it's, it's well worth going, but it was a bit of a leap. Lucky for us, that was all it took was enthusiasm and a willingness to spend a little bit of our side hustle on it and an alignment, right? Like if she was all about turning this into some massive thing and I wasn't, wouldn't work so well. But for both of us, we're really happy to be doing it at the pace and speed we are. And, and so you're, you're separately recording, right? So she records her episode, you record yours. That's, that's fascinating. And then that way you're able to keep up. Yeah, we have a shared flow, right? So there is a pre-baked intro and outro that we wrote and we recorded. Um, there is a shared approach, which is conversational in nature, um, making sure that you follow the conversation, not just scripting 
question, answer, question, answer. Um, I can talk about that more later. I feel very passionately about that. Um, and then a couple of key things in the interviews that we always do. So one of our, probably our main must do element of any recorded conversation is uh, we ask our guests to talk about the marvelous mess that they have experienced. Um, the idea being we all go through absolutely chaotic, crazy times as small team marketers. That's the mess. But there's always something kind of fun or silly or at least a learning that comes out of it. Dirty room. And you didn't make it dirty, you know? Yeah. It's it's a hot mess. I love it. Yeah. So we have a couple of questions we do always sneak in. We have a very clear guest profile that we invite. Um and we have a shared, a couple of shared resources that make it super easy. So we literally use Google Sheets to track who our guests are going to be, who we're chasing, who we've confirmed, who we've recorded, who, who's upcoming, and we schedule them with a sheet. Um, we have a Google Drive into which we drop the audio, audio files. Um, I use Canva to just crank out the templates in terms of like cover art and all of that. And we prop, she and I chat over Slack every few days and we uh, meet in, you know, quote unquote, in person over Zoom, probably every other week for half an hour. That's it. Besides that, it's up to her kind of what guests she gets and how how many she books and when she records. Right. Um, oh, and here's, so here's the fun thing you asked, do we ever do it together? So we recently started doing what we call pizza bites, which are five to seven minute episodes of the two of us talking to each other. So we have our normal episodes, which is one of us hosts a guest and we talk about the marvelous mess. And then our pizza bites are Ashley and Melissa coming together, talking about, we take one little subject for five to seven minutes. It could be something that our podcast guests brought up. One of the ones we did at the end of last year was what are five things we've learned about hosting podcasts from, you know, from doing so. Um, I think we're doing one coming up on we're going to start season two and what does it look like and why is it different and what's the same and just, you know, five to seven minutes of the two of us chatting. I don't know. I haven't done a bunch of, you know, analytics around whether those are more um, listened to or not, but I always like, there's one podcast in general. Um, it's Glennon Doyle's podcast. I forget the current name of it. Uh, we can do hard things, um, but she does those little mini episodes. So she's got the long, like hour long ones. And then she has five to seven minute ones and I find that as a listener, I really like that because sometimes I just don't have, you know, for that an hour, our two pizza marketing, we usually keep around 30 minutes if we can. Um, right. But I sometimes still am like, oh, I don't have time for 30 minutes, but I would love a quick bite from those hosts that I love. You know, I'd love to hear a little more. So. Wow. Uh, and oftentimes I find the, the the kind of podcast you love to consume is the, the kind that you tend to love to create. Because you just, it feels right for you. Love the name Pizza Bites too. Love the metaphor. So much you can do with that. Uh, it's fun too, right? It's not just like a cold, serious business name. It has some, has some fun to it. Yeah. Well, I think if anyone knows a marketer who's on a small team, we're probably some of the people who go out and party the hardest because like, we're just like, oh my God, it's crazy. Like if you aren't, able to scream into the void with your other marketing friends, like you're not going to make it. So you need to have a little fun. You need to have a little crazy. I have to call out one thing that I love when other podcasts do. And Ashley and I are going to pump it into ours pretty about for season two. Okay, let's talk ads for, and we don't have any paid ads on either of my shows right now. Um, but 
when there is an advertisement, the ones that I actually look forward to are the ones that the host delivers. So one of my other favorite all-time podcasts, it's a huge one, is Smartless um, with uh, Jason Bateman and Will Arnett and Sean Hayes. And they take these ads for whatever, like, you know, cert- like purple mattresses or some big, big brand, but they deliver the ads. Uh, it's literally the host saying why they like it and what it means. And I get the sense, and this may be totally wrong, that they actually like the products and that they don't say yes unless they like the products. And so I listen to the ads and I like the ads. Whenever there's an ad on another podcast that's just shoved up in there, I get a bad taste in my mouth. I sometimes skip and I sometimes stop the episode. So if you're making money off of ads, good for you. But my recommendation would be, can you do something to make those ads actually enjoyable for your listeners? Because it can be a really unpleasant experience just to have an ad shoved in, especially in the middle of an episode. Oh, even worse, ads at the beginning. Have you heard those? Where you're like, sorry, I'm I'm like, sorry to anyone out there who's listening that you do this. But like, if I turn on a podcast and the first thing I get is an advertisement, like, nope, it's a nope for me. Um, Yeah. And for me, I've sort of boiled that down to and we do this in marketing as well, but what's the time to value? Like, what is the time I hit play? Okay, you got your jazzy intro, you get, but like, when do I get that thing I'm looking for? Whether it's a good tidbit, something I can learn, a cool story, whatever, but like, how soon can I get that? And you're right, I'm not waiting. You know, I will skip sometimes if people have like a, a lot, but man, get me that, give me something worth staying. Otherwise, why? You know, I'll just leave. Yeah. And I don't think it's too much to ask. I mean, you see this in newsletters as well, in email newsletters from good marketers. They don't just slap an ad in there. They take the ad and they say, this is why it's a great product. Here's why it's interesting. Um, yeah. So one thing we're going to do, not again, unpaid, but what I've started doing is for every P- two pizza marketing ad, I actually ask the guest to talk about one of their favorite tools um, and why, like, give me 20 seconds of your very favorite tool. And like, I want to hear Casey go off about Squadcast or whatever. Right. Um, and then I've been recording that and we're going to start doing basically what I call like unpaid ads. I'll probably come up with something wittier for it, but I want to stick these in there because for my audience, hearing about good tools is actually very, very valuable, right? Like hearing this is a tool that another marketer loves so much. They would talk about it for free. Um, that's valuable. So we're not like accepting like formal ads yet, but I'm going to start creating ads that aren't even <laughs> ads. Um, but they have value, right? You're, you're giving your listener value, practicing the ad reads and creating cool interactive user content. There's a lot to that. I really like that. Yeah. And who knows? Maybe someday we'll uh, actually get someone just asking if they can pay us for it, but I'm not looking for that right now. So. Right. Well, you might. Well, you just, you reach out and you say, Hey, by the way, I already have an ad running for you. You might as well, uh, get in on this. Um, in true meta fashion, like we like to do on the show, could you give me, uh, tell me your favorite podcasting tool you use in 20 seconds less? Why it's amazing. I have two. Can I pick? Two? Yes, you can do two. Cause it's 20 seconds. Okay. Like, what are we going to argue okay. for 20 seconds? Yeah. 20 seconds. They work like hand in hand beautifully. Um, Descript is my number one. I absolutely love that I can drop the video recording into Descript. I can remove the ums and probably all the likes that you just heard me saying um, and create smooth, easy um, videos that I can export. 
It makes it incredibly easy to clip and do snackable videos. So I can just highlight and create a new shorter video out of the main one. And I can export transcripts so I can have quick, quick use of transcript uh, in word format. I love Descript. Um, it's massively helpful for me. And then the second is Canva, the ability to create one beautiful template pretty easily for a non-designer like me, and then replicate that so that every little quick clip I use, every cover art I use is in seconds. I mean, huge amounts of value. Um, yeah. And both of them, I'm basically on a basic level plan, like a very low level plan, and it's more than enough. And they're incredibly powerful tools, both yeah. of which are really enjoying the benefits of generative AI. So um, <laughs> yeah, uh, for sure. And getting free podcast ads and in my show and yours. <laughs> I can't live without Descript and Canva. <laughs> There's the clip. There it is. So one thing I wanted to get back to before we run out of time, because eventually things turn into pumpkins around here. Talk to me about that question and answer flow. You said, mm -hmm. let's not script everything out. Let's, you, there's a flow you like to get into. Talk to me about that. Yeah, it might be the one intentional thing I have done with my podcast hosting, whereas I sat down, actually, maybe the ads fall into that too, but I sat down and said, what are the podcasts that I actually love to listen to? And what do they all have that is similar? And probably the number one thing is a host who takes the conversation that they are given and moves the, the conversation as a whole along based on what they just heard. I cannot stand podcasts where it's the same question every time and it feels so over formatted and it feels so stilted. Like you can actually perceive in some podcasts that they weren't listening to the answer they got. They were just nervously moving down their list and saying the next question on the list. Yeah. And so, you know, the conversation that we're having now, you're taking what I say and you're having fun with it and we're laughing, we're going back and forth. That's something that humans want to listen to. Um, and so I really did strive to recreate that. I think the number one thing is ask questions or give them potential questions of your guest first, but don't use that as a script. You know, um, with Finding Focus, I use Typeform to send them some early questions that they can get a sense of what we're going to cover. But then I say, before we hit record, I say, okay, those are questions we may touch on, but if you give me something interesting, we're going to go down that rat hole. We're going to follow that thread. Um, I just fundamentally think humans like listening to humans and human conversation is not overly structured. It is linear and it is, you know, serendipitous. Uh, it is not linear and it is serendipitous and it is, um, sparked by the back and forth, not by the planned, you know, question and response pattern. Almost all the time, even doing like marketing buyer persona interviews and different things like that, it's never the initial answer that is the revealing one, right? It's always that follow-up that tells you the nugget. And so you cut yourself so short on a podcast, asking a question, accepting the answer and moving on. And yes. I love how you brought up the fact that really sends a signal, makes you look like you don't care, like you're not listening, right? And maybe you do care. Maybe you are listening, but by skipping to the next question, you look like the jerk who, who didn't even listen to what they had to say. So powerful. It is. I think a lot of it uh, sometimes is nerves. And mm -hmm. I agree. People are, are worried. Uh, I, I got to get something stuck in. I'm going to make sure I hit a topic or 
Um, I need to make sure I'm ready with the next question. Because there is that awkward moment where if you're really listening, you may not say, great, well then, you know, there may be somewhere where you go, wow, interesting. And you actually need to think about it. I mean, I think my advice to hosts would be don't shy away from that. If there's a moment where you're not immediately responding, that's okay. Um, the other thing is, is I always have a list of here's all the topics that I would want to talk about with the person. So if they answer something and you don't have a quick follow-up, I can like take that and kind of bring them over into a topic I do want to talk about into. Um, um, there's definitely some art to it. It's not an easy skill. And I, I can see why some people might lean on the crutch of, I have my questions. I'm going to come back to them. It's I'm not blaming anyone for that. I just, I don't like to listen to it. And so I've tried to create podcasts that don't follow that model. Yeah. There's a little bit of that nervous moment when, when you're, you're, you're departing the script and it, it's like a choice you can make in the moment to either interrupt and bring them back if you must, or just go with it. And I think to your point about the nervousness and the confidence, the more I've done this, the more off script I've been able to get to and arguably maybe the better conversations, the better answers. Yeah. And not being afraid of if you go down a rat hole and you get to a dead end going, wow, we just went way off, off the deep end. Let's bring it on back. You know, like what, what is that phrase that you have where it's like, rewind back to the topic at hand. <laughs> like, yeah. Blueberry cobbler. How did we get here? Right. Right. <laughs> But everybody, you know, listening in their cars on the way to pick up their kids is like, I know I've been looking for a blueberry cobbler recipe. Seriously. Um, do you, do you, uh, question, do you put ice cream with that? Is that like, a, do you warm it up and put some ice cream with it? Or what do you well, think? See, I'm, I'm not a sweet baker. I bake bread. Yeah. Okay. I'm, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a sourdough gal, pre-COVID, I will say. Um, but what? so I don't know killed about your sourdough. Cream. This just in COVID killed sourdough. What? No more, no more sourdough. No COVID got like everybody started baking in COVID. And so I, I, I like to badge of honor myself and say I was baking sourdough before the COVID trend. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I'm not a Yankees fan just because they're in the world series. I've been one the whole time. No bandwagon sourdough for this chick. No. <laughs> That's the title of the episode. Bandwagon, bandwagon sourdough. sourdough. <laughs> People are like, what, what the hell? Yeah. Actually, that'd be a cool brand for bread, wouldn't it? I don't know. Yeah. Bandwagon. Hop on the bandwagon and get your sourdough. I like it. Yeah. Bandwagon side sourdough. Um, <laughs> the things we create. I, I have one final question That's for right. you. A bit of a um, sort of futuristic visioning question. We get a chance to chat again, and I hope it is sooner than this, but let's say we chat 50 episodes from now, like a, a full year worth of podcasting. What do you want pizza to look like? What do you want focus to look like? If you could kind of picture... I have the shows changed, have the guests changed. What do the shows feel like? I can tell you what I'd like focus, finding focus to start with. So I, finding focus has been uh, about the challenge of finding focus in a digital, busy, you know, increasingly noisy digital world. What season two is, as we kind of moving into season two, probably in the next month or so, is instead of focusing on necessarily how people do that. I'm going to focus a little bit more on the story of a specific person and what they are focused on. So instead of just talking about uh, a really interesting person and all the ways they see challenges and successes, I actually want to get into what are you focused on and why, and what are the barriers to that specific focus? So I want to get a little bit more storytelling with finding focus, I think. Um, with two pizza marketing, I'm going to have to check with Ashley before I give you a formal answer, but I think that's one where I hope it actually might become more one that people want to tune into regularly 
this idea of like, I'm going through my week. You know, what would make my week better is to hear a story of another person in the same situation. So whereas finding focus, I usually use it to kind of cut up and have pieces of content. I'm not looking for kind of serialization or people listening to lots of episodes necessarily. Um, I would love to see two pizza marketing be one where when we drop a new episode, people say, Oh, I cannot wait to listen to that one. Like I'm ready for another one. I want another one. Now it might take a little bit more of my time and focus. So we'll see if the pace accounts for that, but um, that's where I'd hope we get. Love it. Love it. And I hope all of that comes true. I can't wait to hear those. Where can people get more information on you? Where do they connect with you? Where do we go to get gated and what is gated? Give us a shout out. Yeah. Um, so easy to find me on LinkedIn. Um, I'll, I'll put it in the show notes for you. Um, you can also, because I have gated you, anyone can email me at any time. My name is, or my email is Melissa at gated.com. So gated is a, I'm going to start with this idea of we're in a really, really increasingly noisy digital world. We have trouble spending our time on the things we know we need to spend time on. And our original solution is for email. Um, it's basically a system where when somebody emails you that you don't know, they actually have to donate to a charity you've picked to reach your inbox. So it, it puts up a little bit of a digital boundary for stuff that might not be exactly what you need to hear from, but might be something you really do want to hear from. Um, sorry, I'm a little bit out of uh, deal on the spiel because we're actually really focused on the next evolution of gated, which is beyond email. Um, and that's actually going to be launching in the next few weeks. So we are going to be doing the same mission, which is to help you focus better in a very noisy digital world, but we're going to do it beyond email. We're going to give people a, a really cool technology that they can use to stay focused on the goals that really matter to them. So Damn. it's exciting. It's coming out soon. All of it's at gated.com g-a-t-e-d.com is our is our home you can go there see what we're up to and um if you're really into the idea of two pizza marketing um definitely let me know we've got a great kind of small and growing slack community very casual the vibe is show up in your pajamas and be yourself um, and that's the vibe of the podcast too so those are the places to find me love that i will definitely have to check out that slack community i love those when they're, they're tied to podcasts and communities Thank you so much for coming on here. I have just, my, my brain is smoking. I've learned so much chatting with you. And, you know, it's always great to have those, those, those powerful high-level strategic marketing conversations as well as podcasting conversations. And, you know, I, I just can't wait to get you on the other marketing podcast now because we, so we can geek out on marketing and we can geek out on podcasts. But thank you so much for coming on here and just, and just sharing these things with me. Yeah, it's my pleasure. And I think those of us who have gotten, you know, more than one, tattoo podcast um, have a, have a special bond. So yeah, thanks for having me. It's been an absolute pleasure and I look forward to chatting again soon. Hell yeah. And for those listening, if you learned something and I freaking know you did, cause I literally have two pages of notes over here, front <laughs> and back, got to share. So you, I'm not making this up people check out the video. Uh, I've learned a ton. And if you did too, share this with like one person, three people, 9,000 people is okay too, but even one person, but by put what you learned, what was that one takeaway? Was it, was it around the why before making that decision? The fact that there are other people in your place too, pace, co-hosting, the flow, all these things we talked about. So good. But share your takeaway. Tag us in LinkedIn. We'll hop in there. We'll have a little party on the comments um, and just get good information to other people. That's thought leadership. So 
Again, Melissa, you are the best. Thank you for coming on here. Rock on. Thanks, Casey. All right, everyone. This has been Creating the Greatest Show. We will see you all next time. And next time doesn't have to be next week. Life's too short, and we have way too much to talk about. Find show notes full of takeaways, lessons, and links at creatingthegreatestshow.com. For more information on launching your own podcast or working with us to produce your existing show, come on down to the big tent at ringmaster.com. Until then, friends, whatever you do, do it with all your might. Work at it, if necessary, early and late, in season and out of season, not leaving a stone unturned and never deferring for a single hour. That which can be done just as well now. P.T. Barnum.